Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession to teach you how to become a more productive version of you. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to sign up for the free seven-day productivity challenge. Just give me two minutes a day for a week, and I will teach you simple, easily implementable ideas on how you can increase your productivity. Get on the seven-day productivity challenge by going to my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Today on the show, Frederick Sandwall, an incredible episode. We're going to discuss a topic we've never discussed on the show yet. Frederick, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, Ski. I'm really happy to be on board. I w- love to work with Marquez. So high energy. Here we go. <laughs> now, I, I gotta, I gotta share this with the audience because right before we press record, I, I always give my guests the the last minute tips. Hey, don't forget to make sure you mute your watch, your phone, your tablet, and and you told me you muted your dog and your phone, your family, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, indeed, indeed. I, it's, I think it's linked to productivity that you can pause <laughs> things in your life. I can't imagine. I'm trying to think of the listener going, there's an app for that? I can mute my family? What is the name of this app? <laughs> well, I, I got a safe word here. So I know that uh, actually my wife will never listen to this podcast because she does only listen to other other podcasts. And uh, so that's why I dare to say this. Otherwise, I wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> hope I hope that makes sense. It, it does. I, I just I was I was thinking I was waiting for you to share the app that you're going to give us, but there is no app, so we're we're just kidding with you, folks. Uh, so I'm really excited about having the Frederick on the show because I've I've interviewed three over 325 guests, uh, over 500 episodes have been released, and I've never talked about the topic we're going to talk on the show today. It's about the next generation of entrepreneurs and their parents. Now, think about that. Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, but not everybody's going to be a success in an entrepreneur. So, Frederick, take about 10, 20 seconds, first of all, to tell us who you are and what you do. Right. So, I am a serial entrepreneur living in the United Kingdom, and I'm born in Sweden. I love to help other people in investments and working towards financial independence. And I do that mainly through real estate, education, and so on, including talk about the next generation so why the next generation of entrepreneurs why what about that really interests you uh, number one i got two sons myself uh ivan and Shirley. they are 14 and 15 at the moment and i would have been working with them several years towards getting them curious interest in business because uh, we you might know that the second generation third generation that's usually the, the people that what destroy the business that the first generation created, whichever generation that might be. Do you find that people, uh, we're talking about the next generation, do you find that there are some people who want to be an entrepreneur, but really they should go work for the corporate world and vice versa? There are people who are working for the corporate world because that's what their family's always done and they really have a bent for entrepreneurship? Yeah, I think you're spot on that. Like when we did the research prior to starting our more educational business a few years ago, we identified that a very high percentage of younger people wanted to be entrepreneurs, but they actually had no idea what it actually entailed. 
So that means that it sounds really good, almost like the rock stars of today, <laughs> like it was yes. a few decades back. Like to be an entrepreneur today sounds really cool, fun and sexy, but to have a business which actually makes money, that's a different story. Uh, and to be an entrepreneur, you still need to do some things like selling or maybe to have a team and so on and so forth. So yeah, it's it's part of all of it uh, and also hopefully to create something which is more than a solo business as well. Well, my listeners know my story that yeah. in July 2005, I was fired from my job and I became an entrepreneur. Couldn't spell it, didn't even know what it was, but hey, I want to be an entrepreneur. Perfect. And it's a lot of work. I mean, breaking news, you don't become an entrepreneur on Monday and Tuesday, you're a billionaire with all kinds of private jets. It doesn't really work that way. And it's a lot sure. of work. And I think a lot of people, they become entrepreneurs and they don't go get the training, whether it's from you or like I'm right now at the time of this recording, I'm enrolled in Marie Forleo's B-School. I mean, there's training yeah. out there. You have to go learn at the feet of the people who are successful. You, entrepreneurship, yeah, you can wing it to a certain point, but you're going to need to get the feet of people who really know what they're doing in order to avoid a lot of mistakes and shorten your learning curve, right? Yeah, completely. I really believe in learning from the best you can in your field uh, and also picking up not just one mentor, one person to look up to, because in the end of the day, the way they made money will unlikely be exactly the same as you. So therefore you probably need to have multiple people's inspiration and then merge that with your passion uh, and see how you can make your version of whatever you'd like to bring to the world. Let's imagine that there is a parent listening to our conversation and they're, they're saying to themselves, you know, my son or my daughter really wants to be an entrepreneur, but I, I go I go to the corporate world. I don't, I don't know anything about entrepreneurship. So talk to that parent. What can they do to help their their child become a successful entrepreneur? So number one is try to help them to continue being curious. There are great examples of people they can learn from online where they like to spend their time anyway so they, they can actually start to pick up ideas um, and guess what even the kids will be bombarded with all of these self-development uh, ads as well uh, and trying to help them to guide them through finding a way their way of exploring and learning what this might be and actually entrepreneurship is still a profession and and the train to become an entrepreneur is very unconventional because often the things you need as an entrepreneur i'm sure you would agree with me are not really taught in school mm -mm. Uh, at least not explicit how what do you think about that yourself oh no it's not i mean i didn't even know what an entrepreneur was until i was fired from my job and i started yeah. exploring the world i mean when people think the entrepreneur is just a person that just like has a lot of money and goes on buys property has private jets uh, you look yeah. at mark cuban one of my favorite uh, entrepreneurs. He's the owner of the NBA Dallas Mavericks. Exactly. But he started, everybody starts from zero. Nobody, yes. unless you're a trust fund baby, everyone starts at zero. And I think so many people look at a Mark Cuban or a Damon John or Brendan Burchard or Marie yeah. Forleo and they're like, oh man, they got it all good. You don't see the years and years and years of tough work they did. You just see the finished product. Well, it's not exactly. really finished. They're, they're constantly reinventing themselves. And I think people really, really need to understand if you go into the corporate world, yeah, you climb the ladder. It's going to take you maybe 30, 40 years to get to the top. Well, not entrepreneur there is no ladder you can go skipping rungs you can go to the top if you especially own your own company 
but it's going to take a lot of patience. You're going to go through pain. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. And that's the reason why people like you and me say, hey, listen, don't try to figure out your, on yourself. Go and follow people you admire, read their books, yeah. follow their podcasts, go to their training conference, whatever. See what they're doing and shorten your learning curve. Exactly. And I mean, podcasts is great because you can just cherry pick by topic or by favorite person or maybe like following a podcast, which is like yours or mine, which actually is hand picking, cherry picking the best people we can find out there and, and uh, digging deep and see what, well, like, what did you learn in the last 40 years? <laughs> what would like share with the world? Uh, so many great ways how you can learn. What would you say to the parent who has a child who has the entrepreneurial bent, but they they don't, because they don't know, the parent yeah. doesn't know about this career, they want little Johnny or little Susie to go get a job at a corporate America because that's where they're comfortable in. What would you say to that parent? Think about for a second, like in the end of the day, most parents really would like to have children who are a better version of themselves. Most people, I hope. Uh, and, and that means that actually for the kids to choose their own way, that is probably the right way to go. So what does that mean? Actually, my dad tried to force me and my three siblings into becoming in, uh, engineers because they do. They actually create things. That was his view. And guess how many turn out to be engineers in the end of the day? A low number? None. <laughs> none. <laughs> Very low number. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. So none of us picked that direction that was like the ideal direction for my dad uh, so uh, meanwhile uh, three out of the four turned out to be entrepreneurs uh, which was not at all his direction uh, but our directions and that was quite interesting uh, and that is possible because we early learned some basic fundamentals around sales and if you're an entrepreneur you need to either like sell your product or service You need to sell your vision, your idea. Uh, you need to sell your idea to your employees. So you need to do a lot of selling, even if you don't even dare to say the word sales, um, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that, that helped me to set the direction later in life that I had that. What's interesting uh, is when you were early. talking about that made me think of my our dentist, our family dentist. He went through yeah. mechanical engineering school, graduated with honors. And then he said, I don't want to be a, a mechanical engineer. Yes. He went back to school for dentistry, graduated yeah. that with honors. So if you're still breathing, if you went to school and took the wrong <laughs> courses, guess what? You can still change your career. I think people go, well, I got the degree and I'm trained. Well, so what? If it doesn't light you up, then go back and get more training and then yeah. do what you really want to do because you only get one life. Exactly. Yeah, I completely agree. And someone told me early in life, like, you are not a tree. You can actually move around. <laughs> and I certainly have. I've been traveling like 80 countries, uh, worked in 40, and I just got back from working in Asia uh, the last week. And we are not trees. So actually, even if you think you're stuck in a relationship uh, at a desk, at your job, you can actually unroot because you don't have the roots and try the other side of the fence or whatever might be important to you.
Yeah, you're not in prison. Most people, as far as I know, listening to this podcast are not in prison. So if you hate your job, you hate your boss, you hate the commute, you hate the color of the wallpaper, well, listen, you're not working 168 hours a week. So you work probably 8 to 10 hours a day, 5 days a week. You have the weekends. You have to have to work. So – Go find something you love to do, whether you're uh, a child or whether you're an adult, and and start figuring out how you can make money at that. Don't just settle for the life you're living. If you don't like the life you're living, well, like you said, you're not a tree. Go ahead and move. Yep. Yeah. Now, so back, back on track with what to say to re- the question Andrea didn't even respond to is like what to tell to the parents, uh, how to help the kids be more entrepreneurial. Allow them to be entrepreneurial, uh, help them, connect them, uh, open some doors for them. And uh, when, we, when we teach uh, other younger people to become entrepreneurs, I often like to have the parents in the training as well or to have a separate training for parents so that we can explain how they can support and help. Uh, so, for example, with the admin, and, and many countries have got legal barriers so kids can't set up a business when they're like, 13, for example. Uh, but there are many ways how you can work around that and help as a parent uh, to enable your kids to find their way and uh, to do what of the entrepreneurship they might like. Are you familiar with the show Shark Tank? Yeah, absolutely. I think every entrepreneur who is really an entrepreneur loves Shark Tank. And I am so touched when you see children eight nine ten years old uh there's a gentleman a couple years ago uh that damon john fell in love with bows bows this kid wore bow ties and he he created his own bow ties (laughs) and and that just goes to show you that there is no age requirement it's not like a ride at disney world there's no height requirement anybody can be an entrepreneur if you're willing to put in the work now a lot of people um, you know they'll say they're an entrepreneur but they work for a corporate job and you're like oh that's great what are you working on the side hustle well i'm not then why you call yourself an entrepreneur? You're not doing anything in the field. So if you call yourself an entrepreneur or you identify as an entrepreneur, well, you should be doing things that are like outside the box and not just going through the, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? You're not going through the motions. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And also like you started off in there. It's like, if you'd like to be an entrepreneur or if you'd like to be uh, working in corporate America, uh, Actually, you can very much be an entrepreneur or have entrepreneurial skills that you apply when you're intrapreneur. You're in working on someone else's umbrella, and that's okay. And that's also one way how you can get your kids into entrepreneurship. You can actually create an extra revenue stream into your business, possibly by allowing your kids to work as long as legal, of course, in your business and maybe do that uh, affiliate thing and, and invoice it to your company uh, and then you you pay it out in salaries or or uh, whatever they choose to uh, how they like to draw their money so the ways how you can do that as well yeah and people need to realize that if you're not an entrepreneur that's okay we all can't exactly. be entrepreneurs exactly. so if you like being the executive secretary at your company and you're excelling it you're happy well then be that but don't exactly. don't jump on the entrepreneurial bandwagon because everyone else says that may not be your bent yeah. So let's talk about, you know, one of the things I like about entrepreneurship is that we can, when we go in shark infested waters, whether it's the swine flu, coronavirus, or whatever the case may be, uh, there's a, a recession or whatever. Entrepreneurs are like, I, I picture like a little, like little canoe. 
where yeah. big businesses are like a ginormous cruise ship, okay? Yes. And they can't turn around fast. So it, people who have small businesses who are entrepreneurs, we can make quicker decisions if the market crashes or if there's something like coronavirus, we can make quick decisions. Where yes. if you work for a major company, you don't you can't really do that. So talk a little bit about that for us. Yeah, so I was quite recently working in China uh, before the corona started. Uh, they've got a, a saying, uh, the, the sign in Chinese for crisis really is, is also including opportunity. And that's something we actually miss and miss out in, in the Western world. That in any kind of like problem lies multiple solutions in a crisis, that's where uh, the entrepreneur with their canoe can find a quicker way uh, maybe just go across the current or straight to the beach uh, and, and thereby finding a new way which is so much easier than to change that whole cruise ship with passengers filled with corona <laughs> right uh, who are stuck um, so yeah uh, for, because the to take an idea to implementation often as an entrepreneur you can actually settle for the minimum viable product so you sell like the best version of the cheap version, so to speak, mm -hmm. while you're still allowing your customers maybe to design for you. And often as an entrepreneur, you can just sell the idea and someone else will fund the whole design work for you even before it exists. Yeah, and I always say when you're facing a crisis, you've got a couple choices. You can complain and, yeah. and really get angry about it. You can just sit there and put your arms together and say, I'm not doing anything. Or what the entrepreneur does says, okay, like you said, the opportunity, what can I do with this situation? How can I help other people? How can I serve people? How can I make the world better? And and yeah. that's what I think everyone should have that kind of mentality. Getting angry doesn't ever solve a problem. Never. You know, sitting no, exactly. there pounding like a like a two year old doesn't solve the problem. When you sit there, and go, okay, this really sucks. What's what's happening right now? What can I do instead of blaming someone else? What can I do to contribute the solution? I think more people, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, need to have that kind of mindset. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, just at the, at the time of recording, we probably have the the worst uh, market day for a long while, uh, and uh, most people are. Just Panic and running to to sell, while the the real sharks under the water are just uh, thinking, okay, great, now I can buy everything at 20-25% discount to mm -hmm. just a few months back. Yep, I remember a long time ago, mindset. my my mom. You know, this is back in two thousand eight. My mom called me one day and she says, you know, because the stock market was crashing. She goes, "I've lost everything in the stock market." Now I'm not a stock guy. I'm not a financial anything guy. Okay, yeah. but I said, mom. If you didn't take the stock out, yeah. you haven't lost anything. And she, yeah, exactly. for the longest time, she kept telling me, I didn't take anything out. Of course, the the, the spoiler alert here is she did take it out because obviously uh. it only gets assigned a value when you actually take it out. And had Correct. she left it in there, she would have gotten all, your, all her money back and more. And so yep. to your point, a lot of people panic. Oh, the market takes a crash. They just, oh, I'm going to sell, sell, sell. Listen. We've gone through recessions before. We've gone through SARS and pig flu and swine flu and yes. NH1. It, it, you know, it's part of life. Just be patient. It's not the end of the world. And just take a deep breath. And again, try to figure out how you can be part of the solution instead of panicking. And it's all going to work out if, if you, unless you panic. And so many people just panic and it just breaks my heart. 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And then also the, the whole media and, and the frenzy and, and the scare tactics, yes. which is used all, all, all over to sell more news, uh, is also really damaging and hurting so many people out there. Yes. And I thought it was interesting that, you know, it's really sad what's going on with the coronavirus, but there's been like, as of today, we're recording this on March 9th, 3,800 deaths, 75 people have recovered from the illness. So I'm pretty, I'm not good at math, Frederick, but I think 75,000 is more than 3,800. Is my math right? But we don't hear about the people recovering. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's so true. And and at the end of the day, if you look at how many people have actually uh, died of this disease in, in every, I've been working with the military uh, for many years and there in every war I was working, a lot more people died full stop than yes. this number you just mentioned. Yes. And not to mention the, the seasonal flu that comes out of your kills hundreds yep. of thousand people, but we're worried about 30. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. These 3,800 people died. I really am. Don't misunderstand me. But my point is, there's other things in the world and our history that have killed way more. But again, back in World War II, World War One, the Vietnam War, we didn't have all this social media that hyped up everything. And I think that's contributing to the problems we have in this day and age. Yeah, 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 completely. And, and also an interesting thing, which is very much linked to the whole podcast name as well, uh, productivity. It's super interesting to just... Uh, sit on on the on side and and observe what's happening when, for example, uh, a country decides to uh, dump the price on oil or to stop the whole production in a region of a country. How that is really playing out on the global scale, especially with today's media coverage, which is all over. But also at the same time, again, if you're slightly entrepreneurial, this is really the best time when everything is in limbo and everyone is worrying about uh, the next recession or whatever to find a new way uh, to make something better, smarter or combined ideas uh, and and thereby finding solutions when everyone else is putting down the heads and and putting up the hatches and defenses. Mm -hmm. Well, You've given us a lot to think about in the show today. The one, of the, the one thing that really popped out for me was when you talked about curiosity. And if you have a child or mom or dad, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're curious, well, don't quote that. Say, okay, I'm curious about X. Go find out about it. There's this website probably no one's ever heard of. It's called Google, G-O-O-G-L-E.com. <laughs> you can type out, how do I do X and you'll get like a billion hits. So if you're curious about something, don't just go, eh, or if your kid says, I'm curious about something, don't go, ah, get a real job. Embrace that. Have them do some research. You do some research because I think in this age, we're in 2020, I see fewer and fewer people who are curious about things. They're curious about TikTok or they're curious about Instagram, but they're not curious about, wow, how can I create a product that's going to serve the world? And so I really want people to to think about what they're curious about and then go learn about that. Yeah, exactly. And, And also if you're an entrepreneur out there and if you can let go of yourself and really start to think about the world, then more exciting things start to happen. For example, uh, we, as me and my kids, we uh, intend to inspire tens of thousands of younger people to dare to try, try entrepreneurship as a route. Uh, so we focus on the United Nations goals, number four, which is called education. So 
many entrepreneurs that take a much bigger goal than we have, then the goal itself and the vision starts to pull other people in. I love, for example, how uh, uh, Brain Freeze, Mr. Tesla, um, uh, Elon Musk, how his idea is to start to populate the whole space is bringing in fans, uh, advocates, uh, and people to his business, uh, to his multiple businesses, and to his whole system. So that is just picking a target, a vision, which is way bigger than your own business and just making money. And you will start to make and have a bigger impact and make a dent on the globe. That's uh, another entrepreneurial tip. 100%. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can we find out more about you online? Yeah, uh, I've got the same luxury as yourself to have a very unusual name. My name is Frederick Sandval and the spelling will be in the show notes. And, uh, I have got two podcasts over which I'd like to promote. One which is called Invest in You. Uh, there you can hear more about younger entrepreneurship because I'm doing the show with Sean and Ivan and they are, as I said before, quite young. And we are not as far as you, but we are getting close to 100 episodes. So lots of things to digest and pick your shoes from there as well. Well, thank you again for being on the show all the way from Sweden, which is incredible. I just love modern technology. I can talk to people around the world. So thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Pleasure, Ski. Thanks a lot. And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Sign up for the free seven-day productivity challenge. Just give me two minutes a day for a week, and I will teach you strategies on how to improve your productivity. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast, and then it would mean the world to me, and I mean the world, if you would tell two or three of your friends about the show, the more people that know about it, the more people I can help. So thank you again so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.